We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays. Except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-priced Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-priced Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void were prohibited. to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast presented by DraftKings.com. Of course, DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. And as always, you can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll give you a free contest entry with your first deposit today. All right, it is Thursday, March 24th. Nick Whalen back with James Anderson. You were out last week uh, exploring the world. You were in the great city of Montreal. Does Montreal have a nickname? I don't know. I don't think so. No, uh, not, not it was not apparent while you were there. No, I mean it's it's kind of widely regarded as sort of the most kind of the most European city of like the uh, North America. So I mean, 
you know, the French was clearly like the, the first language there. So do you speak any French? I don't. Uh, but most, like most of the people there speak English. They just initially they'll start speaking to you in French and then you kind of do the shake them off. Like, uh, hell no. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, that must've been fun. You, I know I talked to you last night about this. You said that you were still able to catch most of the first round of the NCAA tournament. I was a little bit surprised. I didn't know Canada cared that much, you know, about American universities playing basketball. Uh, they don't, I don't think, but they (laughs) still like, it was still on TV. I mean, like there weren't, uh, flocks of people like at bars sitting around watching the games like in the middle of the day like there are in the U.S. but the TSN was still carrying all the games. Nice. So NCAA tournament uh, Sweet 16 finally begins tonight after this is kind of like the longest three days uh, of the college basketball season between that opening weekend and then you have to sit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, without any games I guess unless you're into the NIT which I don't think either of us are uh, but Sweet 16 starts tonight we get Miami, Villanova, A&M, Oklahoma, Maryland, Kansas, and Duke, Oregon. Which of those four games are you most looking forward to? I think I think Maryland, Kansas, although I could definitely see a case for Duke, Oregon. I, Maryland, Kansas means the most to me just based on implications, uh, bracket implications. I uh, really kind of need Kansas to lose fairly soon, so that'd be great if Maryland knocked them off tonight. I'm definitely not holding my breath there, but uh, Duke Oregon, I think, has the potential to be the the funnest game of the bunch. Yeah, I think for, I think for sure. I think I'm looking probably most forward to Maryland Kansas just because of the talent level. I mean, this is a game that back in October, even November, December, you you know you would have heard that these teams are matching up, and you probably would have thought it would be a Final Four matchup rather than a Sweet 16 matchup. Obviously, Maryland faltered a little bit uh, in the latter half of the Big Ten season. But, I mean, this is a this is a Maryland team that I think can beat just about anybody on the right night. Yeah, which, which uh, of these four games, which outcome would be the most surprising to you? To me, I think I'd, I'd be most surprised if uh, A&M beat Oklahoma, personally. I think I think Maryland Kansas would be just because of the way that Maryland's been so enigmatic. I think that would be the most surprising. But yeah, I think those two are are by far uh, the two most surprising. Even though Duke and Oregon, you know, is the second most you know, uh, discrepancy, I guess, between seeds. Mm-hmm. I still I still don't think people have bought into Oregon, and I think kind of skating by St. Joe's like they did, and although they did play well down the stretch, I don't want to discount that. But they they weren't as dominant, you know, as some of the other ones. I think I think when you're as talented as Maryland and Duke are, that those rosters, uh, it just wouldn't be that surprising to me if either of those teams won those games, despite the discrepancy in seeding. I mean, Duke, not as talented as most Duke teams, but just relative to the rest of the teams in this tournament, they still, you know, their two best players, uh, probably better than almost anyone else's two best players that's, that's still remaining in the tournament. Who is the best player left in the tournament? You can you can look at just these four games, or you know the games best, we're going to see. I mean, best college players healed for me. Buddy Better healed. than Ingram. In college, yeah, I would take healed. Like I, I just think, you know, it it wouldn't surprise me if healed went for like thirty five in tonight's game. Whereas Ingram, you know, you probably would be surprised if he scored more than like twenty seven or twenty eight. Do you think Heald's going to end up being kind of an all-timer like from a college perspective, Maybe regardless of what he does in the pros? I mean, are we going to look back and think about him the same way we kind of still remember guys like Reddick and Morrison, like big-time scores at the college level? 
I think you you might. It's just that you know he he wasn't uh, kind of a four year star. Like he was sort of a you know his his sophomore and his junior year he was definitely you know a notable player. But he didn't really kind of become a household name till his senior year, so I think that that might sort of he's he's kind of along the lines of like a Frank Kaminsky kind of to me. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think being named Buddy Heald helps uh-huh. him out. If his name was John Smith, you know, it would be and it. and he has the uh, kind of the narrative of being this excellent three point shooter during an era where three point shooting is kind of the the dominant theme throughout the right. basketball world. I mean, he has the signature games, the the double overtime. Yeah, what did, I don't know what he put up forty plus in that loss to Kansas. Still ended up kind of being a signature game, even in this last round, uh, huge second half uh, in the round of thirty two. I think if he has one more of those type of performances, you know, it could it could not only help his draft stock, it could kind of help his legacy as one of the probably three or four best players in Oklahoma history. I mean, right now, who holds that title? Blake Griffin, Wayman Tisdale. <laughs> yeah, I they they had some guards I think back in the day. Um, even before, like uh, Keith Bowen, Willie, Willie Warren, before, Willie Warren. Before Willie Warren. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, um, who played with Warren? The the big guy. I forget. Um, There's. I like have these. We were we were talking in the office the other day about who are like our favorite uh, college basketball players are that didn't play on our favorite teams mm-hmm. and there's like players who i feel like i must have just imagined because i kept trying to find them <laughs> on like rosters and i just couldn't find them like there was this i swear maryland had like another big fat guy besides lonnie baxter that i really liked and i went digging back and i just couldn't find him and then same with like i felt like either oklahoma state or oklahoma had like a guard that i really liked from like the the late 90s or early 2000s just couldn't find him so uh, that memory's a little man, cloudy. Mystery, man. I mean, yeah. There's so many guards. <laughs> right. Oklahoma State had some great, some pretty cool guards yeah. back in the day. I mean, Byron Eaton. If we yeah. want to get into that, sure. James on Curry. Yeah, James. Um, I was thinking a Tiny Gallon. I think he's probably a top okay. two or three tiny all time. Uh, Bucks yeah. draft pick Tiny yep. Gallon. I don't yep. think he ever played that. a game in the NBA. I remember that. Yeah, One Brandon of, Jennings <laughs> really wanted the Bucks to draft Tiny <laughs> Gallon. Um, but yeah, so prospects to watch in these four games. Obviously, Buddy Heald, uh, Diamond Stone, Mellow Trimble from maryland and and then the two from duke um grace Allen and and of course brandon ingram is there anybody really in this miami villanova matchup that you're keeping an eye on anybody from a&m uh even kansas i mean we talked about perry ellis kind of kind of maybe sneaking into the second round as kind of a lifetime achievement draft pick i think perry ellis will go in the first round personally uh i don't know i think well maybe not i mean Maybe he slips to the second He's round. He's like a super poor man's Trey Lyles to me, and he kind of looks like him. Oh, man. He's – I yikes. Yeah, if you want to compare him to Trey Lyles, then it doesn't come out very favorably once you factor in, like, athleticism. But, uh, you know, I, I made the comment to you earlier in the office that if he wasn't so ugly and bald, he would probably be getting some steam as, like, maybe this year's Draymond Green. Uh, he is those things, though, and, and – you know, I, I just I don't I just don't see. Yeah, I could see him going to the second round just because I think people will just be like, oh, he's just got. Well, no, he's not going to test no well. Upset. He's a little yeah. bit under. He looks skinny at least. I mean, I don't know. It's, it could be just the, the Nike compression uniforms. But if he's going to play the four in the NBA, he's going to need mm-hmm. to bulk up. He's not a great outside shooter. He's gotten better at that. Certainly. I think he's going to measure in at what, like six, eight. 
That's gonna yeah, be a problem. Six eight, six nine. Yeah, he, um, I think he's a smart he's, player. He's, he's skilled though. Like right, in, very in this kind of era where you want your big men to be good passers and to be able to shoot. You know, he can do both of those things. Right. So I think he he has a spot in the NBA. Like he he belongs on an NBA roster, and I think he could stay on an NBA roster for for six or seven or eight years. I mean, Cole Aldridge is still in the NBA and. Shout out to Cole Aldridge. <laughs> shout, shout Playing out to well, Cole too, Aldridge. for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, um, but, at, yeah, I mean, from the, the Miami Nova, there's there's not really anyone. I mean, Josh Hart probably gets drafted, but, I mean, there's that's that's not a, a loaded game in terms of prospects. Really, the, the I mean, I, I you know, Mel Trimble will get drafted. Grayson Allen will get drafted. Diamond Stone will get drafted. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of Ingram and Heald. Those are the two guys to really keep an eye on tonight. How high can Heald climb? You know, we're going to talk about your 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 uh, mock lottery 2.0 in a little bit here, but I mean, can he get as high as like three? Is that the absolute ceiling? I don't see him getting that high. I think I think fives as high as he gets. I think if a team is picking five that just really wants a guy that's ready to help right away, is really desperate for shooting. And they they like healed more than they like Jamal Murray. I think I could see him going five. If he was playing this exact same game, but was a true sophomore, would he be in the conversation with Simmons and Ingram? Uh, I don't think so, but I think he'd be very much in the conversation to go number three. Fair enough. All right. So looking at Friday's games, we got Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Iowa State, Virginia, Gonzaga, Syracuse, Indiana, North Carolina. I'll ask you the same question I just asked about tonight's games. Which one are you most looking forward to? Uh, let's see. I think I'm most excited for the in the Indiana North Carolina game. Uh, just kind of for prospect purposes, I think that's that's the game you got to be looking at. Uh, Wisconsin Notre Dame though is interesting to me. Um, I think that that could be a really good game. Like it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of late game heroics in that game from from one of the two sides i i love watching this gonzaga team i just don't like watching syracuse at all so you know that's kind of a hopefully gonzaga wins uh that's kind of the jackpot game for virginia right i mean they they get either a 10 or an 11 seed in the elite eight assuming they're able yeah, to beat iowa state i i don't think i'm kind of pissed at myself like going back and and looking at the brackets I wish that I could go back and pick Gonzaga to go to the Final Four, honestly, because I think they're not a true 11 seed. I mean, they, they're an 11 seed because, and uh, other people have made this point, like what the committee kind of did with like Wichita State and Gonzaga was just say like, hey, these teams belong in the tournament, but they don't really have the resumes to be in the tournament, so we're just going to give them a low seed when by talent – Wichita State and Gonzaga should have been at least like eight seeds so they're an 11 seed because their resume didn't look that great but just if you're looking at the roster they're much better than an 11 seed so I, I could see them legitimately going to the final four and I feel like that would have been a a nice pick in in the brackets because it would have really separated yourself right I mean especially looking back in hindsight at this at this type of matchup you know if you're Gonzaga and you're able to beat Syracuse I think Virginia is certainly beatable I mean they're a team that you're going to have to prep for i mean it, it's 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 unlike playing any other team just because of how they're able to control the pace and how they're able right. to defend the thing is though like when you play that kind of pace and you always used to see this with like wisconsin teams back in the day anyone can beat you because 
theoretically, like the the lead could only be four or five points, right. even if you have the much better team. Like just because of that pace, mm-hmm. and and then all it really takes is something crazy to happen in the final few minutes. Yeah, actually, I I talked about this on on XM uh, not too long ago, but I was listening to the radio during selection Sunday. Actually, I was driving back. Which, unfortunately, I missed the three hour saga that was the, yeah. the bracket missed, review, which was missed, actually kind of nice. I was just you know it every was, it was really. I heard, yeah, I was a low was, point in television. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard it was it was almost a high point for the comedy, but it was funny, except that it was also just very frustrating because it's like you have like CBS just has like a wealth of knowledgeable, informed college basketball analysts that like write for their website and like they have they have a great podcast over there and and all that kind of stuff and instead of having any of them talk about what was going on they have Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith talking about it and it's i get the the idea maybe is just to try to pull in as many people as possible because they think you know kind of the whole like announcer thing in like baseball like they they don't look for a guy that's going to appeal to the diehards because they figure the diehards are already watching that's true but it's just kind of like who the heck is turning in tuning into that selection show just to see Charles Barkley? Like right. I don't think that person. I, I would much rather listen to him. Who do they have over there? Parrish and Cassini yeah, yeah. and or Norlander. Like, like the podcast yeah. is great. Love like, that. That's just twenty got, times yeah. more informative than what you're yeah, going to watch got, on like, the show. Gottlieb, Rothstein. Right. Like they've got tons of guys that like know what they're talking about. Really are diehards into the sport. Can give you like detailed descriptions right. about each team. Instead, you have Charles Barkley being like. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pick this team. I'm gonna pick Iowa because the guys in the truck tell me to pick Iowa. Like that was his like <laughs> argument for why he picked Iowa. It's like, okay, well, thanks, thanks for literally nothing. <laughs> well, anyway, what I was gonna say originally before we got off on this anti Barkley tangent was that Tony Bennett, after the selection, uh, after Virginia had been announced as a one seed, came on and they asked him, you know, what is your team's biggest weakness? And he kind of dodged the question. He, and I think he answered it honestly in saying, he's like, you know, I look up and down at our roster. We don't have a ton of weaknesses. But what he said was that he thinks they have the slimmest margin of error among any of the top seeds. And he basically echoed what you said. He said, you know, if we execute, it's very hard for teams to beat us. But the problem is we play slow, slowly, that if we mess up two or three possessions, all of a sudden the team, you know, anybody can kind of stay with us. So that's kind of what I look at with Virginia. They need to play a near perfect game. Whereas other teams that you know that play twenty more possessions per game obviously have a little more room for error, so it'll be. I mean, if, it's a nice contrasting game against you, Iowa State. If you have to pick an upset, uh, like just well, for the record, like UNC five and a half point favorites, right. Gonzaga four and a half point favorites, Notre Dame one point favorite, Virginia five and a half point favorites. If you got to pick an upset out of those four, who are you picking? I mean, I would like to say Wisconsin, but to me, that's not much of an upset. No. I mean, a one-point spread in a game like this, a seven and a six in the Sweet 16, is a toss-up. I I guess it has to be Indiana, right? I this Iowa State team's a little too shaky for a team like Virginia. I think they'll I think they'll take care of them, especially with think, you know four or five days to prep. I think you're right. I think I think Indiana could go on. A, I mean, I had Kentucky going to the Final Four from that region. Mm-hmm. Um, that win showed me quite but a bit. I just I really don't trust North Carolina at all. I think that they their defense is really hit or miss and from what I've seen from them this season it's been a lot of miss. So Right. Uh if they go into this game and just don't aren't on 100 like from the tip, I could see them right. losing that game. Indiana might have the best guard in this game. North Carolina's deeper, I think. That's if you know if if Yogi struggles, if there's some foul trouble inside for Indiana, then that's where I think where North Carolina could break this open. 
I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't openly bet against North Carolina, no. but I think that win over Kentucky showed quite a bit, you know, about Indiana. Uh-huh. So, what, what is your dream matchup in the Elite Eight? You can kind of, you don't have to say for each game, but who do you want to see? Like, what, what kind of matchup are you hoping to see? So, I think I'd like to see, I'd like to see Notre Dame, North no. Carolina. <laughs> I think no, more like but, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, North Carolina, would be a fun game. Uh, I don't really care about the the Midwest region. I, I don't really not going to be excited about that elite game, regardless of who's playing. Uh, I'd like to see. I mean, Oklahoma versus Duke or Oklahoma yes. versus Oregon would be really awesome. Oklahoma Oregon would be an unbelievably fun yeah. game to watch. Yeah. So I mean that the the West region has the most potential, I think, for an elite. Lead a game as long as the south Oklahoma region to me is a little boring like yeah. kansas villanova nah. yeah i mean I just, I, the seeds say that should be fun but yeah. for some reason to me that's just not that interesting no. if you're in north carolina who do you want to see out of wisconsin notre dame do you really care uh i think that they i think they probably would want to see wisconsin just because i think that they would they were they're probably going to underrate like Wisconsin, just based on the the seed, and they come from the Big Ten. They probably they're like, well, well, we've got way more athletes than them. Notre Dame has played them, you know, many times before. So they, I think that they could see themselves losing to Notre Dame more easily. Than they well, right, and if you're Notre Dame, you have experience against this team. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had, whether you beat them or not, you at least kind of also. Know I think I think Jackson and August in the pick and roll would just give North Carolina right. Fits. Wisconsin can't match them no. athletically no. at all. All right, so turning to the NBA, Sweet Sixteen, like we said, gets underway tonight. I think around six o'clock. Um, Cavaliers rolled over the Milwaukee Bucks last night, despite ten first half assists from Chris Middleton. <laughs> this was uh, this was one of the better games, I think of the big three era if you're talking all around production love goes for 24 10 and 4 lebron 26 8 and 6 Kyrie 16 8 and 8 on just 10 shots um i mean is this one of those games where it seems like cleveland's hitting their stride and then in a couple days or maybe tonight they'll go and lose in brooklyn uh i mean i just don't really care like what cleveland does in the regular season like they're i don't think they care either. no no i think every nobody cares like uh it's it's just kind of a weird situation where they have this whole kind of Western Conference cloud hanging over that like nothing they do in the regular season is something that's gonna either get me worried about them more worried about them than I already am or make me think that they are ready to go against the Spurs yeah. or the Warriors. I don't think they care about their seed at all. I mean they're two and a half up on Toronto. I think they'll mm. I don't think I mean Lou even said after last night they're gonna look at resting more guys and they're not gunning for that one seed. And LeBron's teams never really have gunned for one seed. No. Especially the way that the East is constructed this year. As long as you're I mean basically if you're in the top four you're in great shape for the matchup you're gonna draw in the first round. But Toronto lost to Boston last night. They only scored 79 points. Uh, Boston still seven games back of Toronto in the standings. But if this is a potential you know, Eastern Conference semis matchup, is this somewhat of a toss-up to you, or do you give the edge to Toronto still? I think that would be a toss-up for sure. I, I think you give the big coaching advantage to the Celtics. I think uh, you know, in a, in a seven-game series, Boston's depth might be a big advantage over Toronto and 
you know, I, let me let me ask you this: like of the seven projected East playoff teams below the Cavs, who do you think gives the Cavs the most trouble in a seven game series? I think it's got to be Toronto by default. Just be, I mean, there's a there's a seven game gap between Toronto and the number three well, team, and I all those teams run together for me. Since the turn of the calendar, throw a couple things at you. Sure. Since the turn of the calendar to 2016, it's going to be the Hornets. The Hawks have had the best defense in the NBA. Okay. Uh, if the Heat were to get Bosh back, would that change? If if the Heat were like fully healthy, they need to get him change? back like now. They okay. can't have him back in round one. You know, I think he's got to have a little bit of time. I, I think, the Heat don't I mean, scare me. You obviously you just kind of. I think you rule out the the Hornets, Pacers, Pistons. Mm-hmm. If the Bulls get in, you rule them out easily too. I think. What about Washington? Uh, Rotowire's own DJ Trainer on the Tuesday pod. You're really not going to. Do like we have this. a drop? Of, do we have a drop of this? I should. I should have grabbed it. Honestly, how, you, how do you not? Have he, a drop uh, of this? Well, he, because it was too traumatic. <laughs> this is right up there with the DeRozan bet and sure. the Derrick Rose prediction. Uh, he thinks he said Washington's going to get in the playoffs, and he said they're fifty-fifty to beat any team in the East other than Cleveland. Loves their chances against Toronto in round one. So they would have to climb up to the seven seed? Yes. They're... They they lost by 21 <laughs> at home last night to the Hawks, by the way. Uh, oh, man. Why? Though? I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I asked the same thing. Oh, I, was, I was made out to be the crazy one for thinking that they couldn't topple Toronto. I don't, I don't see the top... I think if if the Wizards played any of the top five teams in the East, they would either get swept or only win one game. John Wall basically like openly hates his team. Well, he, he, I would too. Quote yesterday, I would too. Uh, no, after a win, he was asked about like what you know what put the season in context. You know what are you guys <laughs> doing? And he he literally called it a quote f season. <laughs> nice, like using that as an adjective. Nice, I like it. So I don't think I don't think they expect to make the playoffs. I don't no. think they're going to make the playoffs. And even if they did, I think they know what would happen. Why would yeah? Like when you're playing on a team like that, I mean, it's kind of like uh, you know if you're playing pickup or like roto hoops or something like that, and you just look around at your team and you're just like, oh, yikes! And then you've been there. And then you like look at the prospect of playing like more games with that team, and you're just kind of like very good. Like, teams. You're just kind of like ah, ooh, I don't really <laughs> like the sound of that. Let's yeah. just let's just put an end to this right. i'll sit a game out we'll, we'll run it back next season exactly. you know um regroup and maybe yep. get a draft pick yeah so i actually the wizards don't get their draft pick so they're no. kinda, they're kind of screwed but they got Marquis morris that's true um, um looking at the west jazz knocked off the rockets Derek favors game winner on a nice little kind of shovel pass i guess from rodney hood first of all i mean rodney hood's been running late game offense for utah for a while now but is this surprising to you i mean it's very odd if somebody would have told you at the beginning of the year that the late game ball handler for the utah jazz is a second year guy i mean rodney hood's probably top five most surprising players for me this year i it just he's so composed and just so much better at this stage in his career than i thought he would be uh you know a big reason why i really like that this team's prospects long term what do you think about uh, I think it was like David Locke who was talking about just the idea of like which team could you put which teams could you put LeBron on and have them immediately be be title contenders or title favorites like 25 I, teams I, I think it's a testament to how bad the Cavs have been at at surrounding him with with players and a lot of that's LeBron's fault cuz he's dictated a lot of these moves but like of the 8 We'll throw the Rockets in there. Of the top nine teams in the West, 
if you put LeBron on those teams, are they better than the LeBron Cavs? Are they losing anything, or they're just gaining LeBron? They're just getting LeBron. Like, I mean, Warriors, yes. Spurs, yes. Thunder, yes. Clippers, yes. Memphis, no, just because of all the injuries. If they're healthy... So you would take... if Okay, say, say the Grizzlies have a healthy... Um, Gasol and, and, Conley. and Conley. I still think the Cavs are slightly better. That's a toss-up to me. Portland, yes. Portland's with uh, with McCollum and Lillard. Like I feel like that's close, but yeah. I mean, I th- I think Cleveland's a little bit deeper overall think, than Portland is. I think Tristan Thompson. I think LeBron on Dallas would be better than yes. this Cavs LeBron mm, team. Yeah, I don't know the way West. I mean, Parsons is out. West is playing. Darren Williams, dude. Utah, LeBron, yes. LeBron and Houston, Derek, yes. Man. Come on. Houston would be interesting just because Dwight Harden and LeBron would be a, kind of a nightmare, I think. Uh, Although it would be a nightmare of personalities. Would, though, I think too. Harden and LeBron would kind of align. You know, Harden's kind of got that same little edginess to him. I just think that this, I mean, this Rockets team, I don't think you can give them the benefit of the doubt over like this, like the Mavs and the Grizzlies. Like, I know the talent would be crazy, but like. You you just can't ignore the fact that they've been just an epic disaster. Like I, I still think like the Cavs, no the Rockets. Oh right. Like I I don't think you can just say like, oh yeah, LeBron on the Rockets would be better than like LeBron on the Mavs or LeBron on the Grizzlies. Like if if you assume that the Mavs and the Grizzlies are healthy, like yeah, throwing like LeBron and Rick Carlisle. Like we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. Like coaching in the NBA, I think the importance of it is at like an all time high if you want to win a title. Like, we only saw LeBron win a title with Eric Spolstra. The the Thunder are just never going to win a title, I don't think, because they've never had an above-average coach with Durant and Westbrook. And I think you you need, like, a coach who's going to force things to be run, like, his way and not just succumb to those two guys' desire to run isos and, and pick and rolls at the end of games, which is just so easy to defend if you're a good team and like LeBron you know he he hasn't had a good coach in Cleveland if you put LeBron on a Rick Carlisle team like I I'll take that team like I don't even really care who else is on it though like Cleveland went from 61 wins in LeBron's his last season there the first time and then had 19 the next year with basically the same roster I know I'm talking about like the playoffs though when you have like a seven game series and you have like a gap in coaching like yes. that that matters well that showed so he, much more than people that think. showed in the Dallas series yeah I mean I'm not not trying to knock Spolstra but that was you know that was still when he was fairly inexperienced mm-hmm. it showed certainly last year in the finals and there were other factors there too but Jazz Rockets like I said played last night those are the two teams that are kind of contending for that A seed right now Dallas is right there as they kind of keep falling so Dallas and Utah are currently tied for the seven Dallas holds the tiebreaker Houston a half game back of both of those teams which of the three is not getting in? I, I have a feeling you're going to say Houston. Yeah, I think Houston's not getting in. Um, I think it's going to be Dallas. I I just think it's – I watched Houston at the end of games, and it's just a joke. Like the, it the is. Stuff that they, the stuff that they come up with like in, in close games is just terrible. Uh, they have no depth all of a sudden either. Like Terrence Jones yeah. has fallen off the face of the earth. Modi Yunus has been out. Thornton just not there anymore. I just think it'd be hilarious if this Rockets team was in the lottery because, like, they came into the year as, like, one of the three or four, like, favorites to win the title, and it's just not not even close. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Uh, Warriors held off the Clippers. I think this game went about as as expected. Were you able to watch this one? I watched the first half, and then I decided that 
the Clippers weren't winning. So right. I, I watched through the third quarter, and, and <laughs> okay. that's when I made that call. Um, <laughs> I made the executive decision that the Clippers weren't yes. going to win that game. And you were right. <laughs> Warriors <laughs> prevailed by 16. Clippers got to go play in Portland now in the second game of a back-to-back. That'll be interesting uh, for DFS purposes. Be part of the action all season long. Speaking of DFS, at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Rotowire with DFS. You don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. You can play whenever you want. Pick a new team every time you play. You can challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM. Or you can square off against basketball fans from around the world for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of Rotowire. Again, that promo code is rotohoops at draftkings.com and while we're in the mood for promos have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online james anderson yes you have i have i know most sites make it complicated they all try to sneak in those huge fees oh, at checkout I hate those fees right there's nothing i hate more than those huge fees at checkout and that is why you need to try SeatGeek. they've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Just used it the other day to look at tickets for Lollapalooza. Nice. The lineup was just announced. They actually announced the Summerfest lineup sure. as well. A little disappointed with the, the rap lineup. There weren't really any at all. Uh, are you a Summerfest guy? Uh, I like Summerfest. My, my girlfriend lives in Milwaukee, so I assume I'll probably get to something this year just since I have a place to crash. Uh I I might go see the Roots. I want to see what date they're on. Um, I might go see the Roots. Last year I saw Stevie Wonder at Summerfest. That was pretty tight. Um, what songs does Stevie Wonder sing? Oh man, this could be a new game we play at the end of. Uh, who sing like like who uh, sung it? Name a song from this like legendary oh. artist. Like yeah, all right, let's do that. I'm burned <laughs> out on movies anyway. I kind of. Yeah. I think I'm who like you, so. Those. You can't name like a single Stevie Wonder song. I have no idea. I'm sure I would if I heard one. Yeah. I would like know of it. But no, I have, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. I think Superstitions is probably his. Oh, that's him. Yeah. I thought that was Michael Jackson. Oh, Did no, he remake no. that or something? Nope. That's no. a, that's okay. A, I love that song. Yeah, it's yeah. a great like great walking song. You still always listen to it walking <laughs> to class. Great yeah. walking to class. Uh. Throw the sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah. Nothing can stop yeah. you. No. Yeah. Um, but anyway, SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place, so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events like Summerfest, and SeatGeek will let you know if ticket prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value, so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And after you buy, you can use the SeatGeek detailed map feature to see the view from your seat best of all SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price unlike those guys at StubHub they show you the full ticket price from start to finish and never try to trick you with huge fees on the checkout page and listeners of the Rotowire basketball podcast get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase to get your $20 rebate step one download the free SeatGeek app on your phone or device go to the settings tab click add a promo code and enter the promo code RWNBA. Again, that's RWNBA. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code RWNBA. All right. What are you talking about? There's no there's no rappers at Summerfest. Nelly's playing. Is he even a rapper anymore? <laughs> Is know. he like the only one? I think they've I only know. they only announced the headliners. Usually I don't think the rappers oh. No, you well, if you were looking for a rapper to headline at Summerfest, then you are 
not. Well, I don't know. I, did, I think like Schoolboy Q was there last year or the year before. Like that's the kind of guy. Not as that's a head, somebody. Not as a headliner though. I mean, they, they they only let rappers play on the like yeah. Miller Lite stage and the Harley Davidson. Is there a stage. ham stage? <laughs> I don't think there is. Can go catch they, they really whoever should. wrote that really before be. rap. Yeah. Um, okay, so your mock lottery, your mock lottery 2.0 mm-hmm. was uh, it hasn't been released on the site yet, has no, it? I haven't even come close to finished. Finishing all right, writing well, it, we, but I've got the, I got I've a got sneak peek, I guess. I've got, I got the s- order all I've got the order and the picks all set. Okay. I haven't, I haven't written well so yet. so I got an exclusive sneak yep. peek at the, the mock lottery two And I think, you know, the, at the top it's fairly similar uh to what we saw at Mach one about a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh but there were a couple additions and, o- and two- only well the uh, only switch is that uh, Ingram goes one in this one and Simmons went one in the previous one. Oh. What was the reasoning for that? Uh, I think it's safe to say that in the past month since the first uh, mock came out that Simmons stock has uh, at the very best stayed the same while Ingram's has, has risen. And I think if you look at that Sixers roster, uh, you know, especially hearing Brett Brown talk on, on Zach Lowe's podcast, I think they – they realize that the lack of shooting on that team is a significant um, issue. Isaiah Cannon, <laughs> like when yeah, when you're when you're saying when you're referencing Isaiah Cannon and a player like Jakar Sampson, who's no longer on the team, as like guys that could shoot for your team this year, then that that kind of says something about your shooting. So, I think that they'll be very tempted to take Ben Simmons just for the idea of him just becoming this generational talent but i think they'll also look at ingram as a guy that can also become that that type of player and a guy who's already uh going to be a, an above average shooter for his position so i think that they they're just going to look at the the skills and how he would mesh with guys like nerons noel and Jalil okafor and, and say that ingram's a better fit there plus ingram i think is a natural three whereas i think simmons while he's versatile enough to basically play all five positions i think simmons is a natural four and that kind of would mess things up a little bit on their roster too do you think any team is going to look at ingram and think he can kind of turn his body around in a year like davis did and and not turn into a four slash five but you know be a guy that you can throw in at a four in some lineups i think you already could throw him in at a four in some height he's got the length i just i think you kind of you let him add mass at his at a level that he's comfortable at i don't think you want you know, I think there's a case to be made that all the mass Anthony Davis added has maybe led to some of his injuries. I mean, it's he did add it very quickly. You don't want you don't want to take away what Ingram's so good at with his his smooth shooting and kind of ability to contort his body and and make kind of acrobatic plays. I, I think that if he adds say 20 pounds over the next two years or something like that that's that seems like kind of on track with where you'd want it to be I don't think you want him to bulk up too much though so I'd, I'd just be happy with him as a as a three that can play the two and can play the four and can guard all three of those positions so you have Simmons at two Jalen Brown steady at three that that was the yeah. reflection of uh of the 1.0 lottery Dragon Bender still at four Jamal Murray now up to five. He was at seven on your previous mock draft, so Henry Ellenson falling a little bit. But I want to ask you about two guys who weren't even on your mock lottery at all, uh, two guys I think we both like quite a bit, freshman from Washington, 
Marquise Chris and DeJounte Murray, you have them at nine and 10. Yeah. And I think Chris is kind of a more consensus guy in the lottery mix than, than Murray, but I just look at Murray and I look at this draft. I mean, these two guys are like extreme, like high ceiling guys, you know, like they're, there's some risk there. They're, they're freshmen. Uh, they obviously couldn't put enough together this year to even get Washington into the tournament, but Murray to me has more upside as a point guard than even Chris Brown or Chris uh, Dunn. M- Multi platinum recording artist Chris Brown. <laughs> I just think uh, you know you you turned me on to Murray earlier in the year, and and he's just he's got that look that like kind of NBA like holy crap look where like. I don't want to say it's like Russell Westbrook, but it, it does kind of just remind me of like when I first saw Westbrook in college, just being like, "Well, holy crap!" Like this, you don't see this very often. It would be a time. similar type of profile as far as like a you know not a big time star at the college yeah. level. And, you know, I, the thing is, Washington is not a team that most people right. know anything about. It's a team that could very likely have two lottery picks, and you know, has anybody watched one game that they right. played all year? And I mean, you get Murray and Chris into like an individual workout or a combine setting, and they're just going to skyrocket up boards. I think, and and Chris like he can already stretch it. You know, he's a, he's definitely a four. You know, six nine, two twenty five, uh, crazy athlete. Like, you know, he he's got some some monster dunks, great at protecting the rim, and he can stretch it. I mean, he's already doing pretty much everything you'd ask a guy like that to do, but he. Needs to work on his consistency. Do you have comps for these guys? Um, you know the the funny thing is I've I've Chris going to the Magic at nine. He's got some Aaron Gordon to him, um, just in terms of the athleticism and the fact that they're obviously they would obviously want him to develop into a stretch four. He's a little more slender than than Gordon, yeah. though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost sure. almost a Keem Warwick, but I think a little more coordinated. Yeah, I. I haven't really thought about comps uh, for either guy. Uh, Murray, maybe a little bit of uh, younger, like pre-injury Sean Livingston. Yeah, like, I think that's the big one for him is Livingston. I think the NBA Draft.net has Livingston slash Jamal Crawford. Okay. He's a much better passer, I think, than Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that the idea, when, when you're outside of like that top five or six, I mean, to me... To me, Murray and Heald are very safe starting shooting guards that you can kind of pencil into your... Jamal Murray or DeJounte Murray? Jamal Murray. Okay. Um, I think, like, those guys, you probably take over the two Washington guys uh, just because they're, they're kind of safe starters that you can slot in long-term. But then, I mean, if you're picking outside of that top five or six and you're looking to try to find a star in this draft, I think you kind of got to look at the two Washington guys as, as your best bets there. And I don't, I don't really see why a team like the magic or the bucks are going to take a guy that they, that has a low ceiling and they, a relatively high floor. I mean, that, that just doesn't move the needle. You're, you're fishing for a star at that point. And I think these two guys fit the bill. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Have you given any look to Detorian Prince at all from Baylor? He's, I think, I think he's kind of a borderline lottery guy. I think he's a guy that definitely goes in the first round. I mean, he reminds me, I mean, it's easy to say cause like the, uh, the dreads, he reminds me a lot of DeMar Carroll though. Um, 
just a guy that is possibly going to be a three and D guy that can guard. He might already be a better offensive player than Carroll was coming out. Yeah, I could see that. And I mean, Carroll's a guy that almost got maxed out. So uh, I definitely think green goes in the first round. A team could fall in love with him and take him late lottery. If they're looking for a wing. Cause you look at this draft and especially kind of like the top 20 or so it's a lot of, point guards and like power forward centers so if you're looking for a wing and you're you're not getting uh you're not getting murray you're not getting i mean murray's barely a wing i mean he's six four uh buddy healed six or murray six five buddy healed six four if you're looking for like a six seven guy that can guard multiple positions green might be the the best option outside of the the top five right and prince being a senior he's only 20 years old uh, I don't know how that. How does the math even work on that? I have no idea. <laughs> Born in 1994, he's a senior. He's a senior. I thought. I mean, I thought he was like. Did he go like older. straight to? Did he go to like junior college as like a? Okay, this can't be right. ESPN says he's age 20, but he was born in August of 94. So oh, you'd have to be so 21. The, okay, so they just okay. kept the age wrong. Right, right. Okay, that may, that makes a little more sense. But this is a guy who shot. At worst, in his four seasons in Baylor, 33% from three. And that was as a freshman mm-hmm. on only 60 attempts. Next year, 37. Next year, 40. Then back down to 36 this year. But obviously seeing a lot more attention than he was in previous years. I think there's a lot to like about him. Already as an NBA body, oh, NBA yeah. athleticism. And like he said, he can defend probably two and a half positions at this point. Um, all right, I just want to touch on Jamal Murray. Now, we talked about DeJounte well, well, Murray. Actually, I want to ask you really quick. Uh, on the wing, like if you were deciding between... Uh, Prince and Denzel Valentine, who would you take in the NBA? This is another situation that you kind of talked about with the two Washington guys is if you're a team that's looking for a, a breakout type of guy, I think you probably go Prince. The upside's a little bit higher to me. I think Valentine is somewhat of a finished product. Like you throw Valentine on, you know, Charlotte has a 21st pick right now. Like that would be a great spot for him. A team that's already established. Mm-hmm. You can kind of come in right away as a sixth, seventh man, carve out a role indiana chicago teams like that but if you're you know if you're denver at 15 denver again at 17 they're gonna have a ton of picks this year i think that's where you can just you know kind of chance a little bit even a team like phoenix that could use some wing depth at 13 i think i think they're uh, i've seen a lot of projections you know Jakob Pertl going to phoenix to me that's a little bit redundant you have three more years on chandler's deal and maybe they try to get out of that at some point but i think a team, a younger team, a team that that already has some young pieces. Like it seems like so many of these teams high in the lottery are not. They're not absent of assets. You know, I mean, right. Philadelphia has assets. Lakers have assets. Even Phoenix has assets. Minnesota is the same way. New Orleans, like there, there isn't one team that you just think has needs everywhere. Maybe Sacramento. New Orleans has asset. New, New Orleans has an <laughs> asset, but a very a, like the asset though. Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe Sacramento is that team that just really doesn't have much outside of Boogie. I mean, I think Sacramento and New Orleans are like the exact same in that. Well, actually, and I would take I would take Willie Cauley Stein as an asset over anyone on New Orleans other than Davis. Holiday. I mean, Holiday on that deal, like one he, more year. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, but that the point stands. I mean, on those two teams, you're looking at Willie Cauley Stein and Drew Holiday as the as the two okay. second best assets. All right, so we'll finish out with Jamal Murray. Then, like I said, you have him uh, now at number five. Is this kind of just a product of him playing his way up there, or did some guys slide that you, you know, a guy uh, like Henry Ellenson who didn't make the tournament? I think he's played his way up there 
plus he is at kind of a like we touched on kind of a scarce position in the draft. I mean, two guards are are really tough to come by. And I just love the fit on Minnesota. I think that they're a team that needs to add shooting kind of in a big way, just given where Wiggins is at in that regard. And the fact that Rubio doesn't stretch the floor, I think that a guy like Murray who could come in right away and, uh, you know, sort of jockey with Zach Levine for who's the starting point guard, who's the sixth man. I think both of those guys can run the point in the pinch and that gives them some, some nice flexibility in that, that backcourt and, uh, love to get get a new coach in there and kind of see what that that new coach's vision is for for Levine. But uh, yeah, Murray Murray's a really good fit there, and I think outside of the top four, you could definitely make a case that his combination of ceiling and floor is probably the maybe the fifth best option in that draft. Yeah, I think that's all fair. All right, you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. That's where Wix comes in. With Wix, it's easy and it's free. Go to Wix.com, that's W-I-X.com, to create your own website today. The result is stunning. All right, so do you have a, a historic um, musical artist <laughs> ready to go? Um, or a movie? I guess either way is fine. And I'm feeling really good about it no matter what. Uh, let's, we, could do a, we could do a recording artist. Uh, so I'll just say the artist and you have to name one any song. Any song. Any song. Okay. Any song will do. Okay, um, how about we do, let's do Eric Clapton. Layla. All right, Great there song. we go. Love that one. All right, yeah. are we doing any more or just going to walk off on that? <laughs> let's walk off on All that. All right, let's go get lunch. Let's do that. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.